Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Joshua Chaden. And I'm Virginia Vitzdoom. Virginia, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we recently, this past Saturday, commemorated the five-year mark of both the founding of Gays Against Guns and the Pulse nightclub massacre, which, uh, which instigated and uh, inspired a group of activists that you know, listening to Radio Gag, to found our organization. We commemorated the 49 lives lost at the Pulse nightclub massacre, which occurred on June 12, 2016 with a direct action of our human beings. And Virginia and I were both there, and we just want to kick off this week's show with a recounting of our experience of the day uh, and to describe the event for those of you who couldn't join us. It was quite beautiful. It started on the um, piers, Christopher Street piers. So picture 49 people all dressed in white with white veils, so you, um, their faces obscured. Instead, they were representing the people whose uh, pictures they held of the mostly heartbreakingly young men who died that night five years ago, their name, their age, and then just a very poignant little factoid about each one that does what the human beings do so well, which is change statistics into humans. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what the human beings is such a, a, a kind of gorgeous, heartbreaking theater art piece. And um, you, it's, it's somewhat, somewhat like the AIDS quilt, like each square was a person. So each, each um, 49 people shot in one night, just going dancing in a gay club, like the place where you're supposed to be safe. It's, it's still such an overwhelming event that happened and so all 49 victims represented by white veiled silent figures arranged kind of beautifully against the Hudson River. And then um, we all moved to Stonewall Inn and um, arranged again there. It, it's such an interesting thing because the, the human beings are sort of like actors, but they're also kind of like pieces in an installation. Mm. Space far enough that, that we invite people in to come and like look at the each placard and sort of just stay there and something about the placard being held by the invisible um, person uh, is very very moving and we saw both Josh and I saw people um, tear up you just the immensity of the loss is really driven home by how many people are there and then you get to kind of know them standing mm -hmm. there looking at them with this kind of ghostly shape where a body should be where they no longer are. So it was um, incredibly moving as it always is. And I'm just gonna add one last thing. In this particular summer, it is especially heartbreaking because each time something like this happens, you think, well, surely this will kick off gun control laws. Yeah. What more do you need? And, and another heartbreaking thing was it being five years along, it's kind of like looking at the pictures of the Sandy Hook kids. You think like he was 26, he'd be 31 now. What would his mm -hmm. life be? It was, it was, it's, it's enough distance from the event that you just start to imagine the lives that never got to be lived. The lives wasted. 
uh, through senseless gun violence, but also the time that we've wasted as a society in the intervening five years where effectively nothing has changed since the exactly. five years ago now that it's that worse. More, it's worse. Yeah. You could argue more that. people killed this summer, um, this year than, mm -hmm. than in previous years. And at the time for those listeners who, uh, don't know this at the time that Pulse occurred, it was the largest single mass shooting in American history, which now has been, uh, superseded by the Las Vegas shooting that happened a few years later. You know, I, I'd like to echo what you said about how it's still moving even after all these years. And being gag members and organizers and participants in events throughout these five years, I'm still touched by each of these actions. I, I know the stories, I, I know the names of those 49 people by heart at this point. One of the things that I have really uh, connected with is is how you see the human beings, those individuals that are veiled. You can see the emotion on their face. And that's what's so touching as well is that you know the person who's holding space for that victim is also honoring the memory because you are silent. I was a marshal on Saturday, and so mm -hmm. I was I was kind of, you know, quote unquote responsible for for eight of the human beings. And some of them were new, and I remember the first time I did it, it was a little, the first time I was a human being, I was a mm -hmm. little bit unprepared for the, the strange experience of having people be three to four feet from your face crying, mm -hmm. and, and that you are absorbing their grief. And um, I'm a kind of a crybaby. I always Same. cry behind the veil, yeah. always cry when I'm wearing the veil. And in a way, there's this weird privacy that you have. And, and it's as you can kind of privately cry, you're in this word, wordless communion with the people who are looking and absorbing the details of the dead person's life. And um, it's this really strange feedback loop where you're both there and not there at the same time. It's, it's mm -hmm. quite a profound experience for both a human being and, and viewer. And you, you put yourself in that person's shoes and you imagine being on that dance floor. You imagine being the mother who, you know, stepped between people that were on the dance floor being shot at and the gunman and losing her life or the DJ who was spinning that night uh, who also lost her life. Uh, Virginia and I both encourage all of our listeners to get involved with Gays Against Guns. If you're not already, we'd love you to be a human being yourself uh, and take part in these direct actions. They are so important to our work and the broader uh, GVP movement. Virginia, thanks so much for being here. And we'll Thank see you. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Happy Pride. Happy Pride, everybody. Get involved by following us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Gag No Guns. On Insta and Facebook, we're Gays Against Guns New York. Like, share, tweet, watch, repost. Help us get the word out. And to find out more about having a fabulous time with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net. You can learn more about our gag chapters in located nationwide. We're everywhere from L.A. to D.C. to Chicago to P-Town. And you can learn how to create your own chapter.
And the biggest way that you can support our show is become a WBAI buddy. You can donate online, www.give2wbai.org. Get out there, open up your wallet, and support us because you know you are an activist and you are part of community radio and you especially know that when you give to WBAI and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. In memoriam, Brooklyn Deshauna Smith was killed in Shreveport, Louisiana on October 7, 2020 in her apartment complex. The cause of death was at least one gunshot. Brooklyn was a 20-year-old black trans woman. She was vibrant and eager to embrace what the world had to offer. Brooklyn had turned 20 on September 20th, 2020. She celebrated with loved ones. Brooklyn Smith, we remember you. Photos and stories of the lives we honor at the beginning of each show are posted on our Instagram, Gaze Against Guns New York, and Gag has a dedicated page on Facebook, Gag Human Beings. Gaze Against Guns is committed to honoring with respect and care the many lives taken by gun violence. Well, listeners, Juneteenth is right around the corner, and this week I was able to sit down with Victor Jeffries and Tom McDash from the Black and Brown Equity Coalition, also known as BABEC. Their mission is to promote the equality of the Cherry Grove experience and a sense of belonging among black people and all people of color in Cherry Grove and the Pines. Their work involves amplifying black voices and encouraging active anti-racism practices throughout the community. GAG will be out in Cherry Grove and the Pines this weekend. Uh, Myself and a few other GAG volunteers and members are going to pitch in. I can't wait for you to learn more about their work, and hopefully you can support them. We're really excited to have two members of the Black and Brown Equity Coalition here with us today, otherwise known as BABEC. We have Tom McDash and Victor Jeffries. They're putting together an event that we want to tell you all about out there in Radio Gag land. And I'd love to turn it over to you, Tomic, to give us a little background about what BABEC aims to do. Sure. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for having uh, Victor and myself on the show today. Really excited. It's been something we've been talking about for a minute. (laughs) Hi, Josh. Thank (laughs) you. Yeah. It's really exciting. Oh, thank you both for being here. And we love GAG and are so happy to have GAG supporting us um, and uh, the event that we're going to be telling you all about a little bit later. Uh, we're an organization that launched almost a year ago. I think our, our birthday is coming up in a couple days. <laughs> it's so crazy. Time flies. Happy birthday. Yeah, so we were formed last year um, pretty much around the same time that the world's eyes were turning to the energy behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, after the death of George Floyd, you know, we wanted to acknowledge how Fire Island is this place that is known as kind of this safe haven or utopia for the LGBTQ community. Um, but it always doesn't always feel that way for Black and Brown people. And there happened to be an incident in Cherry Grove last year, it was a vandalism incident on the Cherry Grove Community House that somebody sprayed BLM on it and it sparked some online dialogue that really brought out some kind of like overt racist people 
in the community, outside of the community, people who are, you know, tangent to the community also. And uh, I wrote an article about it that kind of sparked uh, the formation of this organization. And, you know, our mission basically is, uh, I'll read it to you, we will, we will develop and implement initiatives and activities to promote the equality of the Cherry Grove experience and a sense of belonging among Black people and all people of, of color in Cherry Grove by amplifying BIPOC voices, promoting a more racially diverse Cherry Grove via tourism, homeownership, and commerce, developing and encouraging opportunities for Black and Brown people to participate in arts, culture, and entertainment events in Cherry Grove, and encouraging active anti-racism practices among all community members. Victor actually was organizing something which we, we didn't even know we were kind of working at the same time together. He was organizing something with um, a friend of his in the Pines, and, um, and I'll let Victor kind of introduce himself and tell you about that. Hi, I'm Victor. Yeah, so a friend of mine, Angelo DeSanto, and I decided one evening, I believe on a Thursday, that we were going to try to raise some money and have a march, right? This was the moment people were feeling things. So we used Grinder, we made little tiles, and we contacted everybody in the grid and Love basically that. told them show up at this place at this time. We had I basically figured out a way to use my Venmo and we chose three organizations that, you know, the proceeds would go to. And, you know, I bought some beer and pizza and had five people over and we got a bunch of sheets and spray paint. And okay, next thing you know, less than 40 hours later, 300 people showed up to the beach and we raised $40,000. Wow. Um, so, you know, it got, it got attention from the community. The former president of FAPOA, Jay Pagana, reached out to me as a non-homeowner and said, you know, it is called FAPOA, uh, sorry, Fire Island Property Owners Association. He reached out to me. He goes, hey, we need help. I would love for you to start something with us. I was part of a committee that, or I basically founded COBE, which is the Committee on Black Equality. So it's a sister organization to Bebec. And in the in establishing the organizations Tomic and I worked in lockstep we did this together and could only do it together developing general ideas around what are what is our mission what is our you know what are we trying to do here and because the pines and the grove are the only two of the 13 communities that are gay it like absolutely makes sense for us to be working together also historically the two are, communities don't ever really mix that much in weird ways. And it's literally a stone's throw away. Right. The point yeah. is, is um, you know, Tomic and I have known each other for years, but it has been such a pleasure to like work on something and kind of get to know each other and ourselves more and kind of we push each other a lot. And it's, it's been really great. It's also been interesting to see how the, how the communities accept things and not and whatever. It's, it's a learning, it's a learning curve mm -hmm. for all of us. I know you guys are cooking up an event that's coming up to commemorate Juneteenth. Could you give us sort of the, the background around this event first? Did you, when you founded Babek, did you have this specific event in mind? No, actually, um, when 
we started the organization, we kind of started thinking about like the larger things that we wanted to do within the community, which are the things that we listed in our mission statement. And then underneath each of those things that we wanted to do, we were like, how can we do this specifically, right? So uh, there used to be, there used to be an event called Blackout in Fire Island, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it's been like 10 years since it's been out. And we were like, you know, there's so many different weekends for different demographics in Fire Island, but there's nothing for people of color. And we wanted to do something, like we said, that, you know, amplifies BIPOC voices, that provides economic opportunities to Black and Brown people in the community or even outside of the community. Um, We wanted to provide, you know, entertainment Um, events that speak to um, people of color and Juneteenth was an idea that we came up with where we said you know we can have a weekend where we celebrate black liberation and have events that speak to all of these things. And that was an important part for us is that like you know it, it is about celebration but we were very clear that like this isn't just about hosting a themed weekend like we really mm-hmm. take the pieces and seriously the idea of like we're handing microphones over we're paying people we're bringing people encouraging people to come mm-hmm. trying to make it as welcoming as possible so it it has been fun that juneteenth the you know the three-day thing the programming does kind of encapsulate a lot of our many of our kind of touchstone directives and to be clear like this is not the only thing that we are doing does that make sense yeah that makes complete sense so why don't you give us a roadmap, sort of an itinerary of what the weekend is going to look like from the 18th to the 20th for all of our listeners who are going to be out in cherry grove or the pines sure so yeah we have events lined up from friday uh, june 18th through sunday june 20th Uh, Fire Island is known for its tea dances, which are kind of like outdoor cocktail gatherings and depending on where it is, like a party. And we are kind of, we're doing a tea takeover. We're calling it June Tea. (laughs) Love it. Love a pun. Thanks. (laughs) We're doing it in the Pines and in Cherry Grove. And we got some really amazing DJs to come out and um, play their sets. We got... D Diggs, we got the illustrious Blacks, we got DJ Dawson, we got Remarkable, and we got Poppy Juice. Poppy Juice is doing a night in the Pines and a night in the Grove. We're also having salon conversations, uh, salon style conversations, one in the Grove and one in the Pines. The one in the Pines is, it's about repurposing white privilege. It's like, what can you do with your white privilege? And the one in the Grove is about police pride and the black body so we're really looking forward to those gag is helping us organize the one in the grove and kobe uh is supporting us in coalition with organizing the one in the pines and we're repeating the beach solidarity march that victor and angelo did last summer it was so impactful and it's a really amazing show of solidarity between the communities we're actually starting on the opposite sides of each community, like the far sides of the pines and the far sides of the grove, and then having each community walk to the center um, to meet and have a moment of silence um, for the amount of time that Officer Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody will take a knee during that portion as well, everyone who is able. Another thing that I think is really great that you've been able to do is put together so many uh, strong partnerships and alliances. Did you have a strategic approach to that? Or did you find that you guys were kind of like a magnet that people were drawn to you as much as you were reaching out? 
um, the idea of being a coalition was really appealing to us. One, because we do want to build and foster these relationships like within the Fire Island community, but we also want to do outreach off island, right? We want to build relationships with, you know, groups off island whose primary demographic is BIPOC LGBTQ people mm-hmm. because these are the kind of people that we want to introduce to Fire Island, right? Because it's like, we, we're trying to say that it's one thing to, to say everyone is welcome, but it's another thing to say we actually built this with you in mind. And that's what we're trying to be very intentional about is like, we are trying to build a space for the most marginalized people in our community to show up and feel welcomed, right? In a place where they normally or traditionally quite often don't feel welcome because you show up and you don't see uh, reflections of yourself um, mm-hmm. in the community anywhere. The idea of the coalition was was specifically for that purpose, right? It's just to be able to have relationships with all of these different organizations so that we're able to um, speak to the people we're trying to represent. Uh, tell me about the Fire Island pageant. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that was kind of, it actually was a dialogue that was in that Facebook group after um, that vandalism incident last year, where a couple of the former reigning Miss Fire Islands were in there just talking, the former Black Miss Fire Islands were in the group talking about specific things uh, relating to racism on the island. And it was brought up how the Miss Fire Island pageant has been around since, I think, six, between 1965 and 1969, somewhere in that range. And in that time, they have crowned four Black winners. So not even one per decade. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so we were like, you know what? That is ridiculous. Let's do our own pageant and make sure that we are crowning a Black drag performer in Fire Island every year. It's open to performers of all gender expressions, Mm -hmm. um, which I also think might be a first for Fire Island. I know all of them are called Miss or or Misses or something like that. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We have some great contestants. So, Uh, and I see that it's going to be hosted by the Suburbia or Suburbia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. She is. So, Tomic, I'm going to get really hungry when I'm out there all weekend, like dancing and going to these salons, working up an appetite for, you know, my own intellect, but also my stomach is going to start rumbling. What do you have in store for us when it comes to the (laughs) culinary side of things? Actually, we have something really amazing planned for that. Um, We are doing a restaurant takeover. So there is this amazing breakfast spot in Cherry Grove called Floyd's that is letting us bring in a black chef. Her name is Christine Moyes, and she is uh, creating a menu that is going to have cuisine that celebrates the black experience. So some of like the tentative menu items uh, are chicken and waffles, Cajun shrimp and grits, mini plantain sliders, flaming hot Cheeto mac and cheese. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want one of everything. See how that works out. Will you remind me, Tom, like I, you, you're better at this than I, what, what time slot is this? What day is it? Um, so it's going to be on, on Saturday and we're thinking of starting around three and going late into the evening. 
and we'll start posting all this stuff on social. So like announcing yeah. the names of the DJs and like the exact details on this and it'll all start coming out. Um, everybody should follow Babek's Instagram account. Yeah, at um, Babek Cherry Grove. I can't wait to see you out in Cherry Grove and the Pines for all of these great activities that weekend. And again, uh, we had Victor and Tomic here from Vebec, which is the Black and Brown Equity Coalition. You can find them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. The gag uh, page will have information about the events from now and, and through uh, the weekend. So Yes, again, and our website, babeccherrygrove.org, which also has a link to our fundraiser, which is helping us... Um, raise money to cover our costs, but we're also committed to redistribution and fundraising for three organizations. One of them includes GAG, because we love what um, you all do and uh, are so appreciative of you all supporting us. We're also raising money for Black Trans Femmes Arts, which is an art collective that um, provides um, equitable opportunities for trans femme artists to survive and thrive. And also the North Star Fund, which is um, another organization committed to community redistribution for black and brown people and community organizers. That's amazing. You really got to pay it forward and you've, you've thought of everything. Again, Victor, Tomic, thank you so much. Thank you, Can't Josh. See you. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you Juneteenth. See you all Juneteenth out in the pines <laughs> in Cherry Grove. Thank you listeners. Radio Gag is back on WBAI next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. You can be a part of this movement now and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Just go to give to wbai.org. That's give the number to wbai.org or call 212-209-2950. That's 212 212- 209-2950. You can listen to Radio Gag on WBAI.org or search Radio Gag on any major podcast platform. And now we leave you with another special report from the Pulse five-year anniversary action by Gag member and documentarian Paul Rilly. Thank you so much for listening. This past Saturday marked five years since the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. Gays Against Guns members gathered at dusk at the Christopher Street Piers in New York City to honour the 49 lives lost. Kevin Eugene Crosby. Simon Adrian Castillo Fernandez. Leroy Valentin Fernandez. As Gays Against Guns member Nelson Caraballo read the names of the victims, 49 silent figures, veiled and dressed in white, held their photos. These are the Gays Against Guns human beings. The procession moved through the West Village to arrive at Stonewall, where gag members addressed the community. Tigger James Ferguson, creator of the human beings. Five years ago tonight, an unspeakable massacre occurred at Pulse Nightclub. Those 49 human beings are gone forever. And no one who was at Pulse that night will ever fully heal. And it happened in a gay bar. The one place where many of us first felt safe. People needed to experience what the absence of 49 people looked like. 
So we decided that we needed to gather 49 of us to dress all in white. We should be silent because it's not about us. And we should be veiled to mourn our dead. Instead of showing our own faces, each of us should carry a sign with the face and name and age of each of those 49 victims. Gaze Against Guns member, Bridget McGinn. And when that happened, Gaze Against Guns was formed and we have honored them with action ever since. And once a year, as one of the members who just passed me to say goodbye, said thank you and happy Pride. And as he said happy Pride, he began to cry. The start of Pride is always a sad start since 2016. I'm enraged that the NRA hasn't died instead of all those people. I'm enraged that it's so goddamn easy for racists, misogynists, homophobes, transphobes, religious bigots, and other haters to murder in minutes. Enraged that it's so much easier to get an assault rifle than decent mental health care. If you share our grief and feel that rage, please, Make it productive. Fight for change. Or this nightmare will continue to play out for people of every color, every gender, every sexuality, every age, in every city. We could all be next. For Radio Gag, this is Paul Rowley.